Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community, and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. My guest today has given me so much energy and a different perspective on life. In fact, I'm quite excited to be thinking about working with her to evaluate my own personal journey. Natalia describes herself as a spiritual business mentor, soul channeler, healer and activator for humans on a mission. And she certainly has got me thinking about loads of aspects in my life. And I hope she has the same effect on you. Enjoy. Hello. Hi, Natalia. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm sorry I'm a bit late. I've had a bit of a hectic day. Oh, gosh, don't worry. I was just trying to remove some recordings in my Zoom so, oh. so I could record this. You know, it's sort of like the, the last minute things. It's like, yeah. oh, gosh. I know, exactly. So, yeah, re- really looking forward to speaking to you. And I'm I'm hoping that we can just, just have a, a chat, really, and and kind of I'd love to get to know a little bit about you and your background mm. and, and how you've got to where you are now and then talk about all of this amazing stuff that you're doing now Aww. honestly I think I need to I need to I need to sign up for her wait list this just sounds absolutely <laughs> <laughs> oh bless you thank you I'm so thrilled to be on your podcast thank you so much I do you know what I put a like a message out to the universe a few weeks ago being like right I want to get on more podcasts like this is this is the year I start be doing the podcasts again and then I saw your message and I was like yay so yeah so that's it and I've suddenly got loads of podcast recordings over the next few weeks so I'm excited I love it yeah do you know the, the the other lovely thing I think about getting on the different podcasts is that you get such a different experience. You yeah. know, for me, I don't tend to have any um questions that I particularly ask anybody. But no, me, I much prefer just to sit and have an initial chat. I find I get I just have this, I, I love having that initial chat and getting to know yeah. someone. And that's kind of what my podcast's all about, is just about just you know, just having a chat and and letting people sort of share their story. Yeah, so so talk about what you're doing now, and then let's let's kind of go back and how how you sort of ended up living in Greece and Spain and and what you were doing before, and then kind of what made you yeah. move into the the incredible space that you're in at the moment. Yeah, so what I do now is I help people to reconnect to their soul, ultimately to their soul mission, to become fully self-expressed 
in whatever form that is necessary. So whether it's that they need to heal themselves, need to heal their bodies, need to reconnect with what it is that they want to do in the world, um, rebalance their energy, their divine feminine and masculine energy, and really just step into their power in, in whatever way is necessary for them to truly be in their truth on the, on this planet as we are right now. Um, and I do that in lots of different ways in helping people to create consciously aligned businesses in helping them especially work with women, but I am actually working with more men now as well, which is really interesting. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of particular programs. So I have a conscious business design mastermind where we work with the elements and I created a specific modality and philosophy called the elemental business um, methodology where we connect with the elements in understanding the elements and understanding how they work within ourselves understanding how we work with the world and the earth in that space and how we can bring that into business and create these amazing aligned businesses that work for us as well as the earth and I have another program called temple journey program which is predominantly for women where we work at healing their wombs, healing their ancestral line, healing themselves and um, really connecting to their power, but also initiating them and activating them into what are called the five sacred temples of ascension. And there's a whole story around that, which maybe we'll just give a snippet of today. But this is really based on a lot of healing that I had to do for myself over the last few years and a lot of channeling that came through when I first moved to Spain a few years ago. And it's really the, the, the what I've seen since in myself, but also in the women that have done this program is just beyond what I could have imagined. And I never even expected to do this kind of work um, before I started. And it's really pushed me to become a much better healer. Um, it's helped me to really become an oracle. So I call myself an oracle now, which is a little bit controversial. Um, but it's but I really have these amazing visions and um can really tune into the energy of the earth and different people and what's going on and these um temples that are coming into our awareness and for very big reasons. And all of this happened around 2019. And of course, we've had so many massive things happening around the earth since then. And I truly believe it's literally my my biggest work and mission in my life to bring this particular work into, into public realm, into supporting people to heal. And so now what's actually happening is I'm creating a healing modality around this so others can learn how to use this to support everyone else as well. That's amazing. So you're 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 helping people and then you're allowing people to learn so that they can go on and help other people as well. Amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my, honestly, yeah. I was reading your stuff and I was like, oh my God, this look, this just sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I I I I'm it's really funny because I never used to be in the space mm. that I am now. Yeah. And um, connecting with and meeting more and more people who have got all sorts of different ideas and going through quite a lot of inner work myself. Mm. It's so fascinating to see how you can completely change your beliefs 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you open yourself up and you, and you, I, I become so excited about all of this, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, some people call it, I, I guess there's, there's all sorts of different, um, you know, things to call stuff like this, you know, there's, there's woo, there's spirituality, yeah. there's, you know, but having kind of been through, uh and done quite a lot uh, I've got the most amazing coach and we do quite a lot of deep stuff um it's amazing how you can if you open yourself up to stuff you can uh, or you can feel different things and that connection with the, you know the environment and everything like that yeah. just is is incredible so um uh, yeah looking forward to knowing and yeah more, more about that it's quite amazing because um, I've always been very connected. So I've always been, you know, for want of a better word, spiritual, let's say. Ever since I was really, really young, I used to see like spirits and feel different energies. And um, I was lucky enough to have a mom who was very open-minded and connected to all of that herself. But it really wasn't until the last maybe, I don't know, seven years, that I decided to fully embrace it. I was very much in my masculine before I was very much in the business world, you know, very like go, go, go. I've, this is maybe my fourth business, um, fifth really technically. Uh, so I was like full on, like just in the, what I would say normal world whilst having all of these different experiences that I didn't really talk about. And what's interesting is the clients that I have, so my soul clients that come to work with me, most of them haven't really delved into this stuff. And it's like they come to me and suddenly it's going straight into the deep end. And I feel that so many people are needing this now. It's like a lot of people are suddenly getting this like almost message or niggling feeling that's like, oh, I, something about this is interesting. And then it's bam, <laughs> I'm suddenly way ahead of what I thought I would be and gone down this massive rabbit hole. And actually it feels good and I feel good about it. And suddenly I'm seeing more, I'm understanding more and I understand who I am in this space. And this is my biggest thing is for people to really know their energy know what's theirs and what isn't theirs. No, um, you know, I think the last few years have really, has really taught us about discernment and understanding, you know, who we are, what our beliefs are, what our values are, what do we believe? What do we, um, you know, trust and who do we believe and who do we trust and all of these things. And ultimately we can only ever do that with ourselves. And, I don't know, like the last few years over around uh, 2020 and 2022, I had really big personal darkness that I had to go through myself in that I literally ended up having severe post-viral fatigue, fibromyalgia, like all these different physical things that happened where I ended up having to really heal a lot of stuff that I'd I hadn't realized I hadn't fully healed yet. Right. And I think a lot of people who are sensitive were being initiated in these different ways at the moment, whether it's having these kind of glimpses and nudges into going more into ourselves and into this world of understanding who we are more on a much, much deeper level, but also we're being physically affected in our bodies as well. And what happens, it's almost like, 
I mean, the way I describe it is I had like a lifetime worth of healing in the space of two years. I had to heal all of my traumas that I had as a child um, and even past life stuff that I'd not really ever delved into before. And that's when a lot of the stuff that I teach now came up. And I even, I actually got a therapy called, I, I worked with a therapist who was trained in a therapy called Mind Body Reconnect Therapy. And it's based on a lot of, I don't know if you know Gabor Mate, it's based on a lot of his work. He's a very well-known trauma specialist. And he, and this particular therapy is very much for people who have physical symptoms. So like ME, anxiety, depression, IBS, like all that kind of stuff, a lot of chronic conditions. And it was so impactful that I then ended up training in that as well. So I brought, I've now brought that into my work. And I think for me, the last 10 plus years has always been exploration, curiosity, creativity, and just where is where am I going? Where am I healing? Where are the lessons? How can I bring this into what I'm offering? And do I need to bring it into what I'm offering? And do my clients need this? And that's how all of my work keeps evolving. You know, it's fascinating because I'm learning all the time. And as I learn, I get to teach a lot of this stuff or what I'm learning suddenly some it it sets a light bulb moment off and I'm thinking oh my god this makes so much sense now I can see the golden thread from where I started and how I can bring these things together and that's that's just how it works that's how it evolves it's almost like being a bit of a detective in your own life <laughs> amazing that I I love that and has self-development been something that you've always been kind of attracted to or you know because I know you were saying you, mm. you know um post what you were doing now uh, you kind of have the normal business yeah. sort of lifestyle yeah so I guess were you were you into your self-development there and is yeah. it that business lifestyle that caused the trauma the fibromyalgia the, all of that kind of thing was it something that uh, you know was caused by mm. stress or yeah so it's a mixture of things so I've always been interested in personal development probably because my mum was really originally but I was I remember uh, as a child I was really interested in animal healing I loved animals I loved being around animals and I wanted to become an animal healer and I bought all these books literally when I was maybe 14 and I, I was attuned to Reiki when I was 16 so I did all of this stuff quite early on and even with, within my first businesses, I created, it was a, I had a creative marketing agency to begin with. And then I had a, a business called I Am Adventures, where I took women and girls on creative walking adventures in different places around the world. And that was very much personal development. It was helping them to understand themselves better, go out in nature that we did like, cause I studied arts and mental health, arts therapy and, um, and art. Um, at uni so I brought a lot of that into that business and how can we use art and nature and walking to help people to come back to themselves and to heal and to slow down and I loved that business it was an amazing business but it just wasn't I I think there was a mixture of I was a bit too young I didn't want to commit to growing it in the way that it needed to so taking on big investments etc at the time and and I got tired. I got tired of leading and guiding and doing these ridiculous walks. And, and I knew that there was something more that needed to come in. 
but I wasn't sure what quite at the time. And so I put it on, I just said, I'm just going to put it on pause. And if it's meant to start again, then it can. If not, then I know that something else is coming in. And of course, other things came in. Um, And at the time it happened that I was also in the earthquake in Nepal because I was doing a lot of work there. So I ended up with PTSD from that. There was a lot of things that happened and it just, there was just a lot going on. And I think there was a lot that happened consecutively over a period of time and I hadn't fully addressed it. I just kept going. I kept starting a different business. I kept moving forward. My relationship wasn't great either. And I kind of was pretending that it was. And I w- couldn't sit still. I couldn't settle. When it was like I was I was literally moving every six months or I was nomad, nomading. And then I ended up in Spain. And it just happened. It was I was living in this amazing flat in Bristol with my partner at the time. And I just got this hit one day of, you just need to move to Spain. And I remember ringing him and saying, do you want to move to Tarifa? Do you want to move to Spain? And he just said, yes. And I couldn't believe it because he had a nine to five, like he was a civil engineer, fully into his work. And I just thought, oh, okay. <laughs> and within a month, we were in Spain. Just like that. We'd literally sold everything, got rid of everything. And months in the month, we were in Spain. And I think it was actually a few weeks after that that I ended up seeing an elemental healing course and was like okay and I got these visions the day before of all these like elementals and like unicorns and dragons and I was really not into that kind of stuff before I was just like unicorns all right whatever (laughs) it's not that I don't believe that they could have been a thing but I just didn't really ever have a connection Dragons, I've always actually had a connection with. But um, so I then suddenly saw um, a mentor of mine saying she was starting this elemental healing. And I was thinking, okay, this is a sign. I'm meant to do this. So I signed up. And that really was the beginning of a lot of things that happened for me. And it, I ended up coming off the contraceptive pill, um, realizing that I actually had a lot to heal around my womb and like sexual trauma and lots of other stuff that was coming up. And it was just the beginning of a lot of things. And sometimes when you open Pandora's box very quickly, (laughs) there's a whole shirang, like a whole bang of things coming up for you to deal with. And that's kind of what happened. And it was, I was working loads. I was having, I had my best year in business, I think that year. Uh, I created the mastermind. I created a bunch of other programs. I had loads of clients. I had clients in every continent. And I remember having calls at 11 o'clock at night with clients. I was just like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) I wasn't even enjoying being in Spain because I was constantly working, right? And then then I decided, okay, I need to do something about this. And I had a reflexology session. This is a long answer to your question. Apologies. (laughs) I had this reflexology session and it was the most like it was the biggest turning point because it made me really stop and in that reflexology session and I had a few afterwards but in that particular one I had so many visions like vision after vision of like all these crazy things and these initiations like an Amazonian warrior doing this weird like 
um, ritual that I had no idea what it was at the time. Like all sorts of things happened. And within a few days, I'd had really painful sex for years. And within a few days, literally that had gone. But what happened was it opened up the doorways for me to have to look at everything that I'd been avoiding. And then I got really sick for for about eight weeks. I was really ill and I wasn't sure if I'd got COVID or what was going on. There was like loads of stuff that happened all at the same time. A lot of stress. We had a lot of stress because of our landlord. Like there was lots of things that happened. I got really ill. And then I got better for a couple of months. And then I ended up in a toxic situation, which just triggered everything again. And then for two years, I had to heal through everything. So everything that I hadn't dealt with throughout my entire life (laughs) had to come up. I had to completely change the way I was doing business, take on new people, like back up, change my whole way that I was delivering programs, showing up for clients, what I was doing and what it actually meant to me. And what was fascinating is I did maybe 90% less than I'd ever done before. And yet I made the same amount of money. And it really showed me, okay, why have you been doing this this whole time? That's amazing. Well, can you give an insight into a, a, a change, just, just one of the mm-hmm. changes that you made, what you were doing before, and then what you were doing afterwards? Yeah. So a big one was I was doing everything live and I decided I don't need to do this because also I'm, I'm a manifesting generator. I'm very much a creative. I'm sure your audience will understand this. And I actually hate repeating stuff. It bores the hell out of me. And it was draining my energy doing that. So I was just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Let's just do it one time, super professional, record it all. And then all the lessons are pre-recorded. And then I just show up for my like coaching calls and like where I I am my best. And I can show up for my clients without doing all the other stuff on repeat. So that was a really big game changer for me. Because then, of course, you get into the, the process of, well, I can make this evergreen. I can, you know, people can sign up whenever they want. I can have live versions. I can just have like versions where they do it on their own. And it meant that I got my time back. So I only showed up for maybe three calls a week instead of like ridiculous amounts of calls all the time and having to keep practice, keep, keep teaching and creating pro- like the lesson plans and all of that kind of thing. That was a big one. Uh, and the second big one was actually hiring people because I had been avoiding doing that for ages. I did, I, I've done it before, but I hired a lot of the wrong people. And I feel like I had then ended up having trust issues around that whole process. So I avoided it. And I was just like, you know what? I just need to outsource this stuff now. Like I can't physically do it. My business is just not going to work. I still needed money because I still needed to live. I needed to pay my bills. And it was a big risk because I could have, like, it could have meant that I ended up with no business if I was, you know, continuing in that way. And I wasn't sure if I was going to get better, but I decided I would believe that I would and that I would do everything in my power to do so. And I changed everything. I changed everything about my life. I ended my relationship. 
I completely change all of my relationships that are around me. Like 90% of the people in my life disappeared, you know? Um, so there was a lot of big changes that happened in order for me to focus on one, my healing and two, doing it all differently. Gosh, that that must've been quite changes, change is hard, change is good, Mm -hmm. change is brilliant, but it's always quite tough and to change so many things was that was it was it quite an exciting time or was that actually quite traumatic as well making all of those changes oh my god it was the 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 hardest two years of my life yeah for sure and especially the the second year of it all because I was stuck in the place I didn't I never really wanted to be I was there because my ex really wanted us to go back there I was in a house I was spending a lot of money on rent uh, which I was pretty scared about doing because I was like, I don't know where this money is going to come in. I had a dog and a cat that were my responsibility that I would have to walk. And some days I physically couldn't walk. It was so difficult. And I really didn't have much support like at all around me. And I remember being on the kitchen floor one day, just complete darkness, like fetal position, crying my eyes out, like, I can't do this. No one's coming to help me. No one's supporting me. Why is this happening? Because, you know, I felt like I give so much of myself to others. I help others all the time. And I didn't feel like it was being reciprocated. And, you know, not like there were certain people that were there to support in some ways. But I realized one of my biggest things was I don't ask for help. And I find it very difficult to ask for help, right? And that's connected to a lot of my trauma. And so I was expecting people to to show up and help me, Um, you know, expecting that people realize how bad I was and that they would come and buy me some food because I couldn't get to the shops. And it wasn't happening. And I just sat there on the floor thinking, no one is coming. What are you going to do about it? And at that point, was necessary for me to go you know what you need to take responsibility you need to heal you need to process you need to put big girl pants on because this is really hard blooming work and we need to do this now because if we don't do it now you're going to stay here and it's going to become more dark and I just had to I just knew that I had to change so much of what had been going on but also really changed my own process and thinking and um, even belief system right and the way that I've been doing things like I had really bad boundaries I was constantly being drained by everyone around me I was giving over giving to all of my clients I had probably the wrong people around me a lot and I wasn't really listening to my needs and I you know I at this point thought I was pretty intuitive I was actually being very authentic and I was doing what always felt good to me and I had done in lots of ways but I not but not fully I wasn't listening to my emotions fully I wasn't saying no enough and I remember uh I remember years ago in Nepal, someone saying to me, you always say yes to things. I remember saying, no, I do say no, but I like to say yes, because it's 
exciting and it's opportunities and it's adventure and I want to be curious and explore but ultimately you can only say yes to so many things before you're drained and not everything that sounds like it should be a yes should be a yes for you so yeah long and short of it two dark years of the soul (laughs) but I am the strongest I've ever been since that right you know just hearing you talk about the changes about boundaries Mm. and about saying yes it's something that I've had to work on hugely because I I didn't have boundaries at all Mm. and and actually when you start putting boundaries in place it can be really quite challenging because I found it really really difficult I was mentally abused I was in a relationship Mm. where I was mentally abused and and that finished in 2017 and I've been a always been a very strong person and, and all, well, always considered myself a very strong person and that I just got on with things and, you know, this is what I'm yeah. like, a woman and, and off we go. And then when I started to have, realised that I needed some help and we went through all of the this, this stuff and we talked about boundaries, it was very, very obvious that I didn't have them. And I found it incredibly hard and I'm still working on them now. And yeah. I still find it difficult because I, I don't like conflict. I don't like to have those awkward conversations. But then when I'm forced into an awkward conversation, I never know how to have them. I never know how yeah. to actually have that conversation where I can be, you know, no, this is what's happening, you know, blah, blah, blah. I always end up being this, it coming out wrong. And then you end up with this whole big thing that blows up that I never meant to do. And then I'm thinking, I just wish I'd gone back to, you know, just say yes to everything, (laughs) you know, and just not get in that situation. And that's something that I'm still learning to get to grips with. And I find it really hard. It is really hard, especially when you've lived most of your life um, not setting clear boundaries, right? I still find it hard sometimes, but I know. What's interesting is when you go through something where you end up in symptom state, which is what I call it and what we call it in MBR therapy, when you end up having physical symptoms from something, whether it's depression or anxiety or like physical chronic symptoms, they become your superpower, right? Because what happens is you, if you don't set a boundary, you know it, right? Your emotional brain knows it and it sends a trigger. And your thinking brain is like, hold on, what is going on here? And you, I instantly get a physical symptom now. So it, it's like an alarm bell goes off of, hold on a minute, you need to sort this out because you've just not done this well for yourself. So what are you going to do about it? What action are you going to take? Because if you don't take action, that physical symptom is only going to get worse. And you know where that leads, right? So in a way... It's like a radar that goes off that now I'm I'm so aware and I know the consequences. So I'm much stronger around the fact that, no, I have to do something about this because it's only me that's going to be impacted negatively here. And if I don't do something, I'm not loving myself. And that's what it comes back to ultimately as a people-pleasing tendency because it's kept you safe, right? People pleasing is about keeping you in a safe 
space where you're not going to get hurt emotionally or physically. And a lot of empaths, one of the reasons there's so many empaths, um, a lot of the time it's because there's been some kind of childhood trauma or pre-trauma, whether it's big or small, where we've had to learn to read the other person's emotions so that we know how to respond before they blow up or before something happens that might make, put us in an unsafe position. And so, you know, I grew up in quite a abusive household in, in lots of different ways and being half Greek, like the culture is very different there. And, and for me, I ended up being a massive people pleaser, even though I would be very much someone who spoke up very warrior energy you know I'm an airy son so I just like say it and deal with the consequences but equally I would be I would have a lot of fear around it and I would people please a lot and I would always think about other people's emotions before my before my own now I know that if I do that I would have to deal with the consequences and so I'm so much more aware of my communication and something that you just said of, I wish I would say it differently or it comes out wrong. Something I've learned to deal with in that is it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter how you say it. If the other person isn't used to you setting boundaries, they're not going to like it. Yeah. Do do you know, yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because if they're used to just somebody just being there and taking everything, and then all of a sudden you're just going, "Uh, actually, no, this isn't, you know, then they're going to take it. They're not going to take it well anyway. (laughs) Exactly. So you've got to, you've got to get comfortable with, I don't care what you think right now. This is what's best for me. Yeah. That's a, that's a really lovely piece of advice. A really lovely piece of advice. And and actually that's in, I think that's incredibly helpful for somebody like me who's trying to I'm I'm getting yeah. better. I am definitely getting better. But I I I steer clear of those awkward conversations because I don't I hate that feeling of I just hate that feeling, you yeah. know, that, I, yeah. that I've either upset somebody or you know, something like that. I just I I'm just like, oh, you know. But then I have that other that other side where I can you know maybe be a little bit flippant you know I was I did yeah. I said to my uh, my mum and dad um I saw them on Friday and I uh, or and I saw them earlier in the week and I was helping them do some bits and pieces so they my mum had a stroke she's back home my dad's mm-hmm. sort of you know helping to to look after they're doing really really well but my dad also has like mobility issues and stuff and um <laughs> I said to them I said you know you've got some really they've got loads they've got six children and I said you know you've got you've got really kind children I said I'm not the kind one I'm the mean one I'm here <laughs> <laughs> to tell you <laughs> you know I said you miserly old gits <laughs> you know because they were, they were like, oh, we're trying to you know we're, we're, we're saving you know the ex- electricity is expensive which you know I know I was like no you you know you've got to be able to do this and you've got to be able to do that mm. you've got to be able to live your lives and everything stop you know and um and I'm very good at that sort of stuff but in like a bit yeah. of a joke way but actually I really meant but it. that the reason you're good at that right is because it's to their benefit so you're yes. thinking about them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then when if and, and if it was to my benefit, I would find it. I would find it. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But um, it's just so interesting talking about a lot of my students have. I'm not saying they have boundary um, mm. 
issues, but they have a lot of mindset and confidence issues. I find quite a few people that come into my program are coming into it later on in life. Mm. And creativity, I think, is is quite is very healing anyway. I yeah. picked up I picked up creativity to heal. You know, it was something for mindfulness. It was something to yeah. just get me away from the crap of everyday life. And I feel an awful lot of people have exactly the same journey. You know, mm-hmm. they pick something up because it's there to to help them. Um, but as well as that sort of healing journey with creativity, there's other things that need to happen. And what tends to happen, I think what tends to happen is we get the blocks, we get, you know, artist block, writer's block, that kind of thing. And I get so many questions or so many people posting in my Facebook groups going, oh, you know, I've got this, I can't sit down and I can't sit down and write. Or every time I sit down and, and draw, I get a headache. Mm. Uh, every time I sit down and do this you know I, I I feel sick or every time I sit and do this I can't now sit and do a drawing I just can't think of anything to do. and my answer is always there's something deeper going on here there's something yeah. other because your creativity is healing your creativity is always going to be the most amazing thing you can do mm. there's something else that's going on here that has nothing to do with your creativity or your drawing this is something much deeper and you need to reflect and you need to work out what it is and I wish that I had I guess the qualifications to be able to take that further because I, I don't. And I think you do have to be incredibly careful about, mm. you know, <laughs> unpicking people because you've got to be able to help them, you know. Yeah. You have to hold together. that space. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm very conscious that that's not something that I can do, but it's really interesting how many people, yeah, you know, really suffer with that. Yeah, so I um I'm an artist myself and I've were, I've been an artist forever. My grandparents were artists. I used to when I lived in Greece, we literally as I was when I was three years old, I used to run off into the fields and be painting and they'd be like, Where the hell where's she gone? <laughs> um, but it was my escape, right? It was it was what I needed to do to be expressed. It was the only way I could be self-expressed safely. And even now, in the in the years that I was really bad, where I had really bad symptoms, I went back to my painting. And I actually ended up selling a lot of my work for the first time in years because I was just painting so much. I was like, my, I couldn't, couldn't actually fit it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was my way of just being still and being present and being able to just freely be expressive amongst the chaos amongst the darkness and what a lot of people do when they get into creativity they're or into art as well it's the thinking brain takes over so we get into this process of I'm doing it for a reason maybe I'm going to be an artist maybe I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and I'm going to paint this or you know that's why I love abstract art as well because you don't need to overthink it and there's this whole process where where you put pressure on yourself for it. Now, if you're going through some healing, putting extra pressure on yourself to perform isn't going to, it's not going to work, right? Equally, if it triggers something in you that maybe it's reminding you of a time where you were ill, it's reminding you of a time where you were really sad or something painful was going on, Every time you sit down again to try and paint or draw or write, 
your thinking brain's going, uh-oh, th- this again, we're not sure this is actually safe for you. So I'm just going to put a block here and make you not want to do it because we don't know how we feel about this. Last time you did this, it made you sad. So let's not do that again, right? So there's so many different reasons why this could happen. And also for a lot of us, it could be self-sabotage. We don't want to heal. We don't want to go there. We don't want to express because every time we've expressed ourselves in the past, something's gone wrong, Mm. right? Either we've got hurt or we've felt um, scared or someone didn't like what we did. Um, Maybe we were told that it was rubbish or maybe it's bringing up some kind of uh, memory of when we were kids or, you know, whatever it might be. And in when I studied arts and mental health, there's a, there's a few specific themes and topics that we pick to actually understand where someone is on their journey and to offer them a safe space to explore that. But knowing that it may trigger something. And we do need to be aware of that because, you know, if you're especially people who have put some memories in a locked cabinet somewhere you know sometimes when we can get creative that locked cabinet opens and just like my Pandora's box it can suddenly come out with all of these other things that you either forgot about or you didn't even know that you needed to address and look at you thought it was nothing and Gabor Mate talks about this in terms of big traumas and little traumas And we can have lots of little traumas that we don't think is a big deal, but as they gather up, they become quite a big deal. And then we can just have one little trigger, one little thing that affects us and there's a volcano erupting because we haven't dealt with any of the other little things. We've not dealt with the unfair treatment from a work colleague or that time someone said something mean to us when we were at school or uh, that time where we said yes to all of these things and actually we didn't want to do any of them you know and like all these little things add up and at some point you'll go you've learned not to put yourself first not to allow yourself to be expressed not to sit down for even 10 minutes just to just to be when I talk to my clients some a lot of the time you know, we talk about getting energized, what energizes you? And it's like insane how many people don't know. You know, I remember thinking, I remember my therapist saying, write down a list of like 30, 50 things that you can do that will bring you joy. I couldn't even write down one at the time. I was in so much darkness. I was like, I don't freaking know. There's nothing I can do here. First of all, I can't even move, <laughs> let alone like think up of something. And, um, and I kept coming back to creativity, right? Because it was something that I knew I could do easily enough, but without having pressure, without needing to show anyone or sell it or, cause I used to be a professional artist. So for me, there was a lot of, you know, if I'm going to do art, it needs to be this and there has to be all these parameters around it. And I need to think about maybe putting it in a gallery and, you know, all of these other things that became overthinking and stopped me from doing it in the first place because I didn't feel good enough to do it. 
Yeah, there's so many, so many people who who have got that same, you know, same mindset, same thinking. And the 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 medium that I use is incredibly controlled. Mm. So the colored pencil realism. It yeah, wow. Controlled. However, that is where I get my energy from because the rest of my life. Um, I was speaking to somebody last week and she said, oh, you must be a really controlling person or not <laughs> a really controlled person. You must like to have a lot of control with the medium that you've chosen. And I was like, I am the most uncontrolled person I've ever met. I'm so laissez-faire. I'm so laid back. I'm so chaotic. I'm so yeah. unorganized. But when it comes to my the medium that I choose to use in my art, I can control every single aspect of it if mm. I want to. And it's funny, the more I've used colour pencil, the more I've realised the looser I am in the initial stages, the more life I actually bring into the piece. That's how I get life into my pieces, by being looser, by being more fluid, by kind of thinking. By feeling it. Oh, my goodness, feel is everything for me. It's everything. Um, You know, it's why I don't like certain I don't like mixing certain other mediums with the mm. pencil because the feel is different. It feels completely yeah. different and I don't like it. You know, all of the different, even the different colours have different feels, let alone the different makes of pencil. But that's what brings me my absolute joy. That's what, you know, if I need to just calm down, I need to, re, you know, rejuvenate, I need to, I sit down and I draw. And that's mm. what just makes me, you know, okay again um you know I can be feeling exhausted at five o'clock in the afternoon I sit down to draw at seven and I'm still buzzing at half past 11 (laughs) you know yeah because it just brings all of that that's where I get my energy from and um trying to help people to to get that I don't know to get into that lovely space as well but uh, so many people use a an excuse of not having yeah. enough time and it's the not having enough time for themselves and it's so frustrating for me because like you were saying you changed everything and you were doing the, the same job earning more money and spending 90% less time doing it <laughs> yeah it's amazing who'd have thought it I know know. and it's and it's all about I guess it's all about prioritizing it's all about stopping doing certain things you know it's also about knowing where your energy is coming from and what's worth your energy right Mm. so I needed to regain energy and I knew that I had lots of holes in my system where there was just energy like flying out And I needed to patch those holes up and be like, okay, I'm just going to put energy here. I'm going to get rid of all these other things. And this is the only thing going to take some of my energy. And I'm happy for that. And in the meantime, I'm going to bring in 10 times more energy because I need it to replenish myself. But I'm only going to give out maybe a third of that. And um, the resistance to doing the things that you know are going to work for you is massive. Let's be honest. Everyone feels that, you know, it's like that's one of the main reasons we procrastinate on anything. And it so often comes back to a worthiness piece. And I always say, if it was your best friend and you were seeing them doing this, what would you say to them? Right. Like, how would you help them? Would you say that they need to actually sit down and have time for themselves? Of course you would, because you can see it. 
but you don't think you're worthy enough of that. And you're putting all these other things first because you feel like you should for whatever reason. You know, whether it's society, whether it's you feel like you need to look after your family or your pets or your friends or your clients or whatever it is. We've been taught that all of that is more important. And we've forgotten that actually without our own energy full, we can't do any of these things properly. And we end up getting resentful and resentful turns to anger and turns to pain and turns to unfair treatment. And that ends up in most people getting ill, especially people who are sensitive. And it ends up in everyone else not benefiting. And this is what, you know, I bring it back to because so many people who are sensitive and who are creative, they want to give back in some way. They want other people to appreciate that what they've done or to be able to gain value from it themselves. And that can't happen unless you're at your best. It's just like the boundaries piece again. By setting boundaries, you're actually helping the other person. You're empowering them. You're helping them to see what a healthy boundary looks like and stopping them from disrespecting that because by disrespecting someone else's boundaries, you're also not respecting your own, unless you're a complete psychopath, which is complete other <laughs> other side note. Um, and so it's so important to recognize that actually when we're helping ourselves, we're helping other people. And that resistance piece is just a matter of practice. It's a matter of, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do five minutes. And if after five minutes I feel good, or it still feels okay, then I'm going to do another five minutes and so on and so on. And that's, you know, what I always say to my clients is get curious, get curious with everything, try lots of new things and see what feels good. It doesn't have to be that because you were a painter, you have to go back into painting or you have to paint every day to be creative. Being creative can be creating an amazing new recipe right? Cooking up a new recipe. It could be um, going out and using nature to like make something beautiful or like planting amazing flowers in your garden, right? There's so many different ways for us to be creative. And I think we get stuck on that as well. And often our brain needs a variety. So if we're only doing one thing, and we find there's a lot of resistance to it, but we know it makes us feel good. Try a different way to be creative first. And then you'll probably find you've got energized enough to go and do this thing that you originally wanted to do. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've literally, I've bought a, um, I bought a new sketchbook. Mm. And because I don't, I do, I, I have done sketching in the past and I do do sort of doodles and everything, but I haven't got a dedicated space to do it. My drawing tends to be on my drawing board and I've got mm. a specific subject that I'm doing, but I bought myself um, sort of like a sketching set, if you like, and quite excited about it. And I'm thinking, you know, all of the stuff that nobody has to see it, you know, and it's just a, a form of expression. Uh, you know, that I can just sort of carry around with me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm off to uh, South Africa next week. Oh, nice. I'll be taking it with me, uh, you know, and I'm and I'm quite looking forward to it, whether it's, you know, I'm sketching somebody in a restaurant or I'm sketching an animal or I'm sketching a tree. It's for me, I think, like you were saying, and actually it, really strange that you said it because I only use one medium mm. and I'm not really 
overly creative in any other areas apart from kind of creating courses and all of that kind of stuff and it struck me over the weekend actually I do want to be creative in other areas but not yeah. something that is going to take me time to set up that I've got to dismantle what I've got take paints out or something like that and I thought you know a sketchbook that I could just put in my handbag and I can just whip out whenever I, you know, fancy it or just if I'm sitting in the morning and the dog's in a certain pose, I can just, you know, do a quick sketch. And yeah, quite, quite, uh, quite funny that you sort of mentioned mm. that because that's not something that I felt in the past. My colored pencils have always been enough and they are enough, yeah. but having that extra little outlet, I think is going to be mm. quite, um, quite nice and just, I'm very much, uh, I really love looking at light and dark. And that's something that I really want to sort of concentrate in my sketchbook, you know, is all about, you know, those values and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah see where that takes me. Well, it's about variety. Our brain always wants variety and our emotional brain wants variety. So our mm-hmm. emotional self, our authentic self, because we get bored and boredom is one of the worst things that we can have, right? That's literally one of the main causes of depression, and um like I can't remember who said it but someone once said depression is a lack of expression and it's we need to allow ourselves to be expressive in lots of different ways Mm. yeah and that is the that is the true divine feminine so the divine feminine and when I say divine feminine masculine I don't mean men and women right we all have feminine and masculine within us and the feminine is the receiving it's the creating it's the giving light to darkness but birthing from darkness if you think about the womb the womb is a dark place and we're creating life in this dark place it's like I always say for me when I paint it's often when I'm melancholy it's often when I'm actually in darkness that I can do that because it's part of my healing when I'm feeling great I actually can't be bothered to be painting it doesn't excite me you know, I would rather do something else. I would rather be out in nature or using my body or getting, you know, being social. I'm quite an introvert, extrovert person. So when I have energy, I like to be social. And so um, other things that I do, literally two nights ago, I was feeling really, I'd been really extrovert for a week, which is pretty full on for me <laughs> on a daily basis, going out and seeing people. And um I just thought I just need to sit and do absolutely nothing for a day Mm. and I got bored of course because we're not meant to just do absolutely nothing um rest yes but doing nothing is a very different thing and so I sat there and I think okay I can either do some painting now because I'm in that kind of a mood or I can dance so I turned all the lights off put some candles on set this like scene changed my clothes and I just started dancing and letting stuff out and like shouting and singing and growling and doing like weird crap that my neighbors probably would I don't even know what they're (laughs) thinking And at the same time, there was a lightning storm and it just felt so energizing and freeing and letting this like wild version of me out, which hardly ever comes out in in public, right? It's only in my own personal space. And that was just as good as painting, if not better. And it's a very different experience, a very different way of expressing myself. And that is creative. 
just as much as if I was to be painting. And that's this is where I feel like we need to really accept what does what does being creative mean? Because we're all creative in one way or another. And it doesn't have to be a certain way. And it also, you know, we need to allow ourselves to be creative in lots of different areas of our lives. Mm, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I could talk to you forever. I really could. I, <laughs> I'd really like to understand a little bit more because I'm really interested in joining you <laughs> on the temple journey, on your temple mm. journey program. I, I, I'd just like to understand a little bit more about kind of what's involved, how, yeah. um, what changes you can make, uh, you know, and, and how, obviously, I guess it's a, an online program, how mm-hmm. it, how it sort of, you know, how it works, basically. Yeah. So we're actually, um, I'm just in the process of creating a real life retreat for the temple journey itself. So that's going to be exciting. So a lot of the things that we do in our other realms, we're going to be doing certain rituals and practices in the, in the retreat as well. So that's going to be fun. Um, but in the temple journey, so I basically, I channeled five temples and what happens is what I was shown was to initiate people into these temples and that process, the simplest way I can describe it is if you imagine a guided meditation, but it's a, essentially it's a two hour journey and we go deep into your soul through your womb space, through your heart, through your womb, which are interconnected. And we go into these other realms and it would, it's literally like some of the women have described it as if you're watching a film of yourself moving through these spaces and it's very visual. You can literally see yourself in these temples going through these different um, rooms and spaces and the women that are in this space and the rituals that happen. So every temple is very different. Uh, the first temple is the warrior temple. It's connected to the Amazon rainforest and to very specific goddesses. So I work a lot with goddesses from all kinds of cultures and religions based on their energy. And they initiate us into um, the energy of that temple. And the energy of each temple is very specific. So the warrior temple is actually connected to the lower womb. It's about healing all of that, healing a lot of the stuff that maybe we would have experienced as a child. But it's also about releasing anger and shame and persecution and helping us to stand in our power, helping us to be those warriors and really own our truth right so when we go into the temples I guide you into the temple it's a basically a two-hour very very deep meditation where I'm speaking guiding you through these spaces and for most people what happens is and this is whether you've done something like this before or not what you're likely experience is as you're hearing me you're seeing it but then at some point you'll start to see things before I've even said them. That's how much you're in that space. So there'll be rituals such as like fire dancing and rituals. There's a ceremony called Cambo, which is actually what I experienced when I did that reflexology session that I told you about, where an Amazonian warrior came up and actually uh, administered frog poison. And this is a very cleansing and releasing 
um, ritual that happens in real life, which I didn't know about at the time. It was only afterwards when I researched it, I realized this happened. And that's part of the initiation into being this, the warrior energy. Every temple is connected to a different place on the planet. And that's because every location on the planet holds different energies. So uh, I've done actually quite a lot of classes around this, around what that looks like and what that means. And, you know, the simplest way to think of it is like the lay, I don't know if you know anything about ley lines or like if you think about where Glastonbury is, Glastonbury Tour, the pyramids, Mount Shasta. There's lots of specific places around the earth that hold very powerful energies, whereas the temples are coming into our awareness and also in different spaces around the earth, but um, for different purposes now. And so this is what I've been shown and taught through these channelings. And so to give you a, a... example a real life example a lot of the women once they've gone through the warrior temple there'll be lots of things that start happening in their lives that makes them step into the warrior energy okay so it might be that things are coming up to be healed they might even be feeling physically something going on in their womb or there'll be things happening around boundaries around people that they have to actually release from their life maybe something going on at work where they have to really speak up and stand in their truth um maybe things going on in their relationship that they have to actually really come to terms with now maybe it's things around actually shame and um especially around anger comes up quite a lot in the warrior temple and and having to work through that in a healthy way and so we do we we have the initiations which is the two hour long things and then there's lots of other things that go on there's a lot of other meditations a lot of other practices a whole series of rituals that you can do to support you as you move through each temple and we have a group where I support everyone through that as well and everyone's so lovely and in sharing what's going on and um and how um yeah, what what is coming up for them as they go through it? Because what happens every round without fail, it will be very similar themes for the group. So it's very different each time. Like the previous round we had, it was all about the masculine and healing the masculine in lots of different ways. So people had their brothers or dads or partners or grandparents, like grandfathers. There was a whole lot of healing needing to take place in these. Um, areas and also masculine within themselves and just a little pre-warning if there's any rockiness in your relationship be aware that that's going to come to light (laughs) we have had quite a few people now ending relationships through the program but that's because they're standing in their power right and they're seeing what needed to change and having the strength to do that and so I won't go into all the other temples, but we have then we have the priestess temple, which is connected to Egypt and is healing the masculine. We have um, and we actually work on a lot of sexual healing as well in that process. And I teach a lot of different practices around like massaging your breast to release emotions. We do yoni dearmoring um, where you're actually um, I mean, essentially it's a self-pleasure practice, but it's not about 
pleasure necessarily it's about healing and releasing trauma that's held in this area of our bodies because for women what happens is whenever we've had our period our period this is this amazing tool that we have that supports us every month in releasing whatever needs to be released through our system emotionally and physically and of course with the contraceptive pill and lots of other things that has been massively affected and we've lost touch with that. And then, of course, when women start to go through menopause, there's a huge shift that happens there. And there's a need to be able to learn to release in other ways. And so so in terms of age group as well, we have women of all different ages. Here. So it's actually really beautiful because everyone gets to share their experience in that as well. And then we go through to the goddess temple, which is connected to Atlantis. And... Um, like Mother Mary and Aphrodite. And like, you can see like there's lots of different goddesses in each one. Um, then we have the Ascension Temple, um, which is connected to the mountains of Tibet, which I have a huge connection with. And um, to the air element, which is very much like speaking your truth and seeing, being able to see clearly. Um, And the last one is the Golden Spirit Temple, which is actually the only one which has a physical manifestation on planet Earth, which is the Temple of Petra in Jordan. And that one is very much about healing our entire body. Um, So, yeah. But what happens is people have changed their entire businesses. They have changed their relationships. They have changed locations. They have changed like their lives completely. They have like gone into suddenly into dancing and being creative or into documentary filmmaking after being lawyers or into like literally I think one of the biggest things for me is women who are stepping into their power and their truth and becoming true feminine embodiments of that and healing a lot of their ancestral stuff as well. And for me, like as a personal example, I've ended up becoming like what I can only describe as this like sexy priestess warrior not really giving a crap about what anybody thinks, having the time of my life, having the best sex of my life, which is actually a massive thing for me because for so many years I didn't, being able to actually receive, which again, for so long I couldn't do, um, ask for help when I need it. You know, all these things that we've actually talked about on this podcast, like a lot of the lessons that I've learned over the last few years are all kind of come come into wholeness in this program and in such a beautiful, easy way because it's energetic as well as like we talk about these things, but it's all on a soul level. So it doesn't need to be physically difficult. And that's the beauty of it. Oh, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Sounds fabulous. (laughs) We also are creative, by the way, in it. Um, I get everyone to draw their priestess portraits. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, honestly, I I just, um, do you know, it's it's amazing how I I can have these conversations with, with people and, you know, who, just be who open yeah yeah well, <laughs> who would have thought I'd, I'd be sitting here you know <laughs> in my little house in Yorkshire with my dogs all around talking about this incredible 
incredible stuff. Yeah. But, you know, and I'm sure... Out of this this world stuff, really. I mean, mean... it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And being open-minded enough to be going, do you know, yeah, absolutely, I want some of this. (laughs) You know, it's just fabulous. And the thing is, if you do open your mind and you do you do kind of welcome anything that you might think is a little bit, you know, maybe sort of not quite how you would normally do stuff. Your life gets better. Definitely. Definitely. It's so interesting because, you know, as I said earlier, for me, it's always about following my curiosity. And even, you know, we, we were having talks in the Temple Journey program this week about our dreams. And I always say, please share any dreams you have that you think have some kind of relevance, even if you don't really understand it, because it might even be a message for one of the others in the group. Mm. And, um, you know, and it so often is, or everyone's suddenly having the same kind of dreams or um, the same theme is coming up and it's validating for everybody else because suddenly we can actually go, okay. And I act a bit like a detective, right? I'm going, okay, what does for some reason this has been coming up it's been coming up for me and now it's coming up for everyone else in the program so I need to look into this a little bit more so I go away and I can tune in and I can meditate on it or I can actually literally start researching I freaking love researching I have Scorpio moon so for me it's like you know I used to want to be a spy when I was really young (laughs) kind of still do but you know (laughs) so going into the details and and going it's like the Cambo thing. I wouldn't have known what that was had I not gone, you know what? There's something more to this. Let me just research Amazon, tribal, warrior, like poison. Like, and suddenly there's this whole actual ceremony that happens in the middle of the Amazon jungle that is exactly what I had. And I was like, oh my God, this is a real life thing that I didn't know existed. And you know, if we don't follow our curiosity, we won't, we don't know these things. We don't know what's meant for us and what messages are there for us or what's meant to help us or even people that we're meant to meet. And with the temple journey, honestly, everyone that's ever joined, they don't know why they've joined. (laughs) And that's, that, that, that is it. That is, it's just a calling. It's just like a, this is interesting. I have no idea what it really is. But for some reason, I feel I need to do it. And that's it. Right. There's only so much I can explain it and describe it. Uh, It's it's a it's a connection thing. It's a I'm feeling something about this and I feel like I need to do it. And that's it. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, honestly, just it's been amazing talking to you. I've really, really, really enjoyed talking to you, you know, and, and just I get the most fabulous energy from you it is wonderful it's just wonderful and um yeah I'm 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 gonna go back and have a look at your the information on your website and um you know because yeah and reach out to me I always love chatting to people about these things and it's so nice having this conversation and thank you for being open-minded and holding this space and creating oh no, it's, space. it's it's just wonderful and I I, I wish mm-hmm. I wish more people would be open-minded mm-hmm. because I know that it would bring so much joy to them yeah life. it really would do you know what as well I think something that I hope that I do is bringing it into in such a way that is still quite grounded and I think we need that you know a lot of the spiritual community it can go a little bit 
too far and be a bit too cliquey even and a bit too like you've got to do all these other things to be able to be spiritual you know and I just like that's not the vibe it's bring these things into your real life existence because that's what it's about yeah amazing absolutely brilliant thank you thank you so much for for sharing and just bringing just an extra dimension (laughs) just honestly is is absolutely wonderful and this has given me more energy for the stuff that I'm doing um this afternoon which is is normally I have a bit of a slump in the afternoon but I feel (laughs) like (laughs) let's go I know I know (laughs) it's been an utter joy thank you so much Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Sean. Bye. bye. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.